Hello, everyone. My name is Kyle Rogers. And I'm Ashley Booth. And today on this podcast, we're going to be talking about disinformation. So the first topic we wanted to talk about was disinformation versus misinformation. Uh, and disinformation is the intentional spread of wrong and false information, whereas misinformation is the unintentional spread of wrong and false information. Uh, Ashley, I don't know if there's anything you want to add. No, I just think it's very important to note the difference between um, if the information is being spread intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, yeah, and it is really important to know the, diff the difference because I think a lot of people might use the two terms synonymously, um, <clears throat> but they aren't the same thing and they aren't interchangeable. Uh, so yeah, it is really important to know the difference between them. So now for our second or our main talking point right now, we want to talk about the rise of disinformation, uh, especially in the recent years. Um, Ashley, if you want to start off, you can go ahead. Sure. So our first focus is going to be on the 2016 election. Um, and within that election, a lot of the disinformation um, that was being produced um, and, and shared with the masses was aimed at inflaming racial tensions um, during that election. I don't know if, if you recall, but it was a lot of um, black activists and white supremacists and neo-Nazis. Um, we had a lot of racial tensions in the country at that point in time. So the disinformation was really focused on inflaming those racial tensions um, and swaying the election you know, in favor of one group versus the other. Uh, yeah, definitely. I was actually um, a freshman during the 2016 election in high school. Uh, and so I'd never really fully understood it um, or I never really fully understood what was going on between both parties. Um, I mean, as a freshman, I guess maybe not be expected to understand it fully. Um, I mean, looking back on it now, especially doing this podcast, it was pretty crazy uh, how much disinformation came about during this election. Right. And I think that's a great point that you mentioned about um, at the time not really understanding what was going on. And that really is how disinformation spreads, um, especially amongst the youth, because they don't know necessarily what's real, what's not. Um, they're just kind of taking whatever it is that they see at face value. And a lot of people do that, um, not just younger um, you know, generations. But I agree at that point in time during the 2016 election, I wasn't really sure about was, what was happening. I just knew whatever it was was bad. Um, but I didn't know how to, I guess, navigate uh, all of the information that was being presented at the time. Uh, and yeah, and of course, obviously, so social media plays a big uh, role in the spread of it. Um, in an October 20, 2020 study, I found that Facebook with outlets publishing dis disinformation, uh, they disguise journalism um, and produce dis disinformation. And, you know, so social media is, I guess, a pretty crazy thing, how fast dis disinformation can spread on social media, even on something like Facebook, um, where I guess Facebook isn't as, as popular as it once was, but it can still spread increasingly fast on Facebook. Yes, and I, I know in our previous reading, um, one of the talking points was in regards to Facebook and how disinformation is frequently spread amongst older uh, 
generations or, you know, the older population that utilizes Facebook. So although it's not as popular um, maybe with our generation or younger kids, um, with, you know, our parents or our grandparents, um, they are using Facebook and it is still a big hub of disinformation. Um, and it becomes really difficult when you talk about you know, things like what you mentioned, um, journalism and, and research articles that are disguised um, or rather disinformation that's disguised as journalism. Um, it becomes hard to navigate and figure out where your source is coming from and, and what are um, their motivations behind sharing this information and, and how, what resources do we have as just like the general population in order, in order to um, figure that out and navigate that. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, just to piggyback off for what you said about, you know, Facebook, like the older generation uses it and the older generation falls victim to believing it more. Um, it's a lot of right, uh, right wing um, Republicans who produce a lot of disinformation and they're the, the ones that end up uh, believing it as well. Um, and I'm just kind of generalizing here, but it, that's usually like older the older generation is more republican i mean generally speaking uh so it does make sense that you know even on facebook uh the older generation is kind of believing more of the disinformation um but i don't know if you want to move on to our next uh topic now which sure. is, yeah so the motivations for disinformation and obviously this first one is obviously political uh motivations um Right, and we see that in both the 2016 and the 2020 election. Um, so we mentioned that the 2016 election was more so, um, the disinformation was aimed at inflaming racial tensions versus the 2020 election, the disinformation was really at um, kind of focusing on mail-in and absentee voting and um, voter suppression efforts. So there were definitely two different um, motives and motivations behind the disinformation that was spread amongst each election, um, but nonetheless, it was still spread. So during the 2020 election, um, a lot of these new narratives started to come about um, in regards to uh, voter fraud, which was a big, big topic, um, something that I feel like almost everyone heard, but nobody really knew what it was. Um, so I don't know if you have anything that you'd like to add to that, Kyle. I mean, yeah, I mean, just in my own personal experience, um, 2020 election, this was the first election I was able to vote in, actually. And so I, I kind of paid a lot of attention to what was going on. And um, obviously with COVID, uh, these mail-in and absentee votings were there to, they were supposed to help us. And it ended up becoming such a big point of contention between uh people and i mean yeah my own experience i remember i would go to work and um like my boss he would be an older gentleman and he would talk about you know oh 200,000 mail-in votes go missing or 200,000 mail-in votes appear overnight and uh it was it was i guess just kind of crazy to see how something like the mail-in and absentee voting is how that affected people so much during this uh, election Right. And it also makes you question then where did you, you know, where are these numbers coming from? Um, 
because if that is in fact real, then that is alarming. Um, so there are like valid concerns with all of the disinformation that spreads. And I think that's really um, like an important part of the disinformation is that it is touching on something real. It is touching on real fears that exist regardless of which political party you side with. Um, and they're using those things to kind of really cast doubt um, on whatever it is that it is that they're they're discussing. And I, I vividly remember my own experiences around the 2020 election. Um, I work in a very um, red, you know, town mm -hmm. in Long Island and regardless really of you know what your beliefs are um, you're hearing all of this back and forth um, and it, it does get confusing to figure out what's real and what's not and the 2020 election was definitely a big um, a big issue I guess when it comes to disinformation and, and I think that's hasn't stopped. Um, it's still something that has continued since then. Um, I think more so since the most recent elections, but it definitely has been going on for forever. Disinformation has been around forever. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'd say it definitely took a major increase after the 2016 election. Um, and it, yeah, like you said, it's just continuing to get worse with the 2020 election and so on. Um, but do you want to look at the commercial and like the kind of economic motivations for uh, disinformation now? Sure. So um, commercial and economic uh, motivations for spreading disinformation are actually um, surprising. I feel like when you look at some of these readings and I personally didn't know that um, paying social media influencers to push specific messages and express support um, for you know, whatever political party, I didn't really know that that was happening until I read um, the article uh, reported by Goodwin, Joseph, and Woolley. Um, I knew that social media influencers got paid to promote products, but not necessarily uh, to push ideologies. So I think that that was a little concerning reading that. Uh, but it does make sense that people with the money will will do what they need. Um, to get their their messages across to the masses yeah definitely it, it's a little scary um i mean obviously money is you know it's a very motivating factor obviously and it's scary to think about because it allows governments politicians and you know big figure people who have a lot of uh sway in the world they get to have plausible de deniability about it they they can just pay someone else to do it and if you know somebody kind of catches on to what's happening they can just take a step back and say well i didn't post anything i didn't do anything you know so it, it is scary in that in that uh in that aspect right especially when um the article mentions that these um payments are made they're usually concealed so it really does uh like you said it a lot, leaves a lot of room for plausible deniability um and Aside from that, it doesn't necessarily have to be something super big like politics. It can be something that is smaller, like a fake Amazon review, um, or even uh, I know personally people who like work for car dealerships and the end of the month is coming and they need good reviews with their name on it on Google. 
So, you know, I get a message, hey, please leave a review, even though I've never been there. I don't know if they're a good car, uh, you know, dealership. I don't know if they give good, good rates, but, um, you know, you do the, the fake review to help someone out, but it is actually spreading disinformation. Um, so I think that aside from big political issues, uh, disinformation does uh, show up in our everyday lives. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, yeah, like you said, it could be something as simple as just leaving a fake review. And then, I mean, another example, I guess, could be like, if some if a celebrity gets canceled, it could be based on a completely false claim that someone starts and then it just gets spread. Um, yeah, another thing that I um, saw or, you know, learned through our readings was about using fake academic journals under the guise of valid research. Um, so I think all of this kind of boils down to the question of how do you avoid disinformation and how do you become media literate um, while keeping in mind, you know, what's going on and where your sources are coming from, um, knowing that there are these things like fake academic journals, fake research papers, um, you know, how do you get around that? And, and can you? Yeah, that's, um, that's a good point to bring up. Uh, it is definitely scary to think about and that need to be media literate in the 21st century. It's such a, a big idea. And I you know, obviously there's ways to try and test the credibility of sources, but I mean, if you kind of just see something in passing and then, you know, you might look something up, you know, you're not going to always take the time to try and check, uh, like, you know, how credible is the source and stuff like that. Um, but another good way to try and avoid disinformation is just to be mindful of what is, of what's currently happening in the world. You know, is there a lot of political tension? Is there a war going on and stuff like that? <clears throat> Cause that can lead to a lot of disinformation. I agree. And, um, you know, just thinking of current events right now, like the Israeli and Palestinian conflict that's happening, the war, um, everyone, I know myself, I am, or including myself, I'm inundated with videos and messages from celebrities and also the sorts of other, um, you know, companies in regards to this. And now is a great time. I feel like this topic is, um, great to really dive into given what's happening right now so that we can learn how to, you know, kind of figure out what sources to trust and where we need to do some, um, some more digging. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> obviously, uh, I might just go on Twitter and <clears throat> my entire feed might be filled up with stuff about, you know, like you said, the Palestinian Israeli war that's going on right now. And how do I know that I can trust these random people on Twitter uh, that they're giving me the correct information and everything like that? And I guess, you know, in that vein, uh, the advice would be don't solely rely on social media, social media to get your news. I mean, obviously, there will be trustworthy people on there, but go to actual news sources and news outlets to uh, get your information from, because, um, I mean, at the end of the day, they're the most trustworthy. Right. And I mean, um, Twitter at least has banned political advertising. I know Facebook has taken action against, um, you know, specific conspiracy theory, 
um, you know, pages. But I think that aside from us doing our due diligence to make sure that we are getting information from credible sources, I think that another option or a way to mitigate um, disinformation being spread is to have some restrictions on businesses and um, some sort of, I guess, checks and balances for those who are purposefully spreading disinformation. Um, I feel like there needs to be some sort of accountability from these media outlets or whoever it is, these organizations that are pushing this disinformation. Um, I know if it's a, you know, a foreign campaign, um, like China or Russia trying to create fake profiles and spread disinformation, that's a little bit different. We can't control that. But as far as what we allow in our country, um, I think that it's kind of something that we should be tackling personally, but also these platforms hold some sort of accountability in it as well at the end of the day. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that's a perfect closing statement for us to uh, end our podcast here. Um, so once again, uh, my name is Kyle Rogers. And I'm Ashley Booth. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. And we hope you learned something about disinformation.